Hey, what's up, guys? It's your good friend Jimbo. Today's episode is presented by Vayer. Vayer was founded with the goal of building an affordable, everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vayer returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vayer is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vayer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to VayerWatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. Hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here again, just like every week. A lot of uh, news going on this this past week. Um, Astros in another brawl, surprise, surprise. Some uh, playoffs going on. Playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, hockey. Hockey's back, finally. The official playoffs actually started yesterday, Tuesday. Um, I'm recording Wednesday. I'm going to get my picks. I should have did this last week, but didn't know that they were actually starting Tuesday. I thought maybe they would start tonight, uh, Wednesday night. But there was three games last night and a five-overtime game. I mean, Jesus, I, I, I didn't watch. I had to get up early for work. But I saw some of the stats uh, this morning broken down. I think it was something like... <clears throat> excuse me, like 158 shots, um, 80 some saves combined for you know both teams, and the game was four and a half hours long or something. Like Jesus, at, at what you know, a lot of uh, credit to those players that truck through it and everything because that's that's a long time to be skating. Um, but we'll get into the, the hockey playoff talk, you know, a little bit here, but also some college football news slowly coming out um two conferences canceling well postponing and i I think that's the the big issue is a lot of people think it's canceling but we'll get into that as well so before we really get into all the topics head over to twitter follow us there at st sports podcast like and share our facebook page as well as subscribe to our youtube channel and head over to our website staytunesports.net and show that some love all the social um Links are over there as well as our merchandise um, Teespring site. So hopefully, and I'm, I'm still working with this other company uh, to set up a clothing, I guess, merchandise stuff, you know, other than just t-shirts. Some some cool things there. I'm already figuring I'm going to buy myself. So, but, uh, but yeah, so Astros got into another brawl a couple days ago. Uh, they were playing the A's, and Loriano for the A's got hit in the back of the the back by the Astros pitcher, and you know, kind of a couple words for him as he's walking down first base line. And it turned out it was the third time in the series that he has been hit, and second time in that game. Now. Once he first, once he 
got to first base, you know, benches didn't clear out all at that point of him chirping with the, the pitcher. Got to first base and heard somebody saying something out of the Astros dugout, which in turn was the hitting coach for the Astros, uh, Cintron. Started saying something to him. Loriano's chirped back. And according to Loriano, Cintron said something in Spanish about Loriano's mother and, well, it broke out. The brawl broke out. Uh, Loriano ran out at the dugout. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Cintron like a bitch. Hid behind the players, the managers. You know, he, he stepped up to the last step on the dugout. And as soon as Loriano started running over at him, the catcher for the Astros tackled him. Benches got cleared. You know, after obviously a while, it got calmed down. Um, <clears throat> but it, it brings up a lot of questions here. This is obviously not the first time the Astros are involved in a bench-clearing brawl. Let's not forget last week, the Dodgers' Joe Kelly plunked um, I forget which batter it was that caused a bench clearing, not necessarily Bronx, but you know words were exchanged because Joe Kelly kind of taunted the Astros batters about how they they can't hit because they can't cheat now. Now, and being I, I brought up Joe Kelly, my question is, how long should these uh, suspensions be? Obviously, Loreano is probably going to look at suspension just for going after the coach. Whether it was a coach or player, he'd probably be looking at suspension because with COVID going on, baseball laid out before they they restart the season, laid out what's going to happen if you start a fight, if there's a bench-clearing brawl. And the other aspect of it too is, as a manager... Cintron may be looking at a longer suspension than Loriano because he he's supposed to be lead like lead by example. You know he's supposed to show these players how to act and how not to act. And I mean, if we're looking at the Joe Kelly suspension, should Loriano get that? I don't think he should get the eight-game suspension. He should get something because again you. One, you shouldn't start a fight to begin with in, in baseball. But especially with the high risk going on with, with COVID. I would be okay with a two or three game suspension for Loriano. I don't think I still don't think Joe Kelly should have got eight games, so that's why I'm not saying eight games for Loriano. As far as the Astros had uh, Astros coach Cintron, I laid a hammer down. Because just like I just said, he's supposed to lead by example. You got mad because Loriano was yelling at the pitcher of how to how to throw a, a breaking ball. You're supposed to, you know, twist your wrist. Like if you go back and watch the video, you see Loriano uh, motioning that to the pitcher. And you get mad, and then you get even more mad because he's chirping back at you. So now you probably use a lot of explicitives about his mother 
honestly, if, if I was MLB, and this goes twofold, I think, here. Like I said, this is the second um, bench-clearing incident involving the Astros. Not saying that they started it, because obviously Joe Kelly pretty much did start that one. This one was on the Astros. I would suspend the coach even 10 games. Again, you're supposed to lead by example. And if you if you guys remember the offseason 2 with some of the players coming out not agreeing with the punishment that was handed down to the Astros for cheating, maybe if you make an example a heavy fine, heavy suspension and say, you know what guys, enough is enough let's stop with this plunking each other or, or try and take each other out you know, Astros are mad at the whole league because of this, the league's all mad at Astros because of the cheating you do a, a big enough suspension heavy enough fine things will calm down because again, they're not getting a full salary for the year they're getting a, a prorated salary, so they're not making as much as they used to. So if you get involved in a, into a, a brawl, and not even just with the Astros, but you're setting, as Major League Baseball, you're setting an example that there will not be fights tolerated this year or, or any year. You know, and, and I, think, I think MLB needs to step in right now before this gets too ugly and put an end to it. Will it happen? I mean, we've seen how Manfred is being, you know, how, how he's doing as far as the commissioner, not doing that that well. Um, still believes that the teams didn't have to be in a bubble and just like the NHL, NBA, and WNBA, obviously we see how well they're doing. Uh, NBA, I think I just saw yesterday, went two weeks without a positive case. Baseball still having issues all over the league, and we'll get into that in a second here. But yeah, I, I definitely do feel MLB and, and the commissioner needs to step in, lay the hammer down, really suspend and, and fine the coach of the Astros. Suspend Loriano for starting the brawl. Like I said, I, I would do two, three games. I think that'd be fair because, again, Joe Kelly's eight-game suspension was basically 18% um, of the season. And as a pitcher, that's big. But two or three games as a player, that's basically two weeks, two weeks suspension in this shortened year. Now, speak, you know, sticking with baseball here, there has been reports coming out that baseball is already talking about doing some form of bubble for the playoffs. We've seen what had happened with the Cardinals and the Marlins when their teams um, tested positive for COVID. And even though both teams did agree that it was their fault for not taking it seriously, basically... Marlins didn't play for, what, five, six days, almost a week. Um, Cardinals were just just as long. But it wasn't just those teams that, those two teams that got affected. 
it affected the teams that they were supposed to play. The Phillies got postponed for a couple days. The Orioles and Marlins series got postponed. The Yankees-Phillies game got postponed because the Marlins were in that clubhouse, which the Yankees would have been going into. So, to make it through the playoffs without, hopefully, any incidences, basically to try to lower the chances of any incidences, they're talking about doing a bubble. Um, Now, there is a lot to talk about, like, to going into this. Um... Obviously, with MLB expanding to 16 playoff teams, the league would uh, would need at least three hub teams to complete its wild card round. After a wild card round, then you can shrink it down to two hub cities. Now, the, the cities that I saw they were talking about were New York, obviously Yankee Stadium, Philadelphia, Baltimore. And Washington. Nothing against New York. I mean, I really haven't seen any drastic numbers go flying back up for New York, but New York was one of the hot spots. Philadelphia as well. I think for entertainment purposes, you know, to, to kind of include that, I think Baltimore should be one of the cities. I mean, it's a it's a home run ballpark. You know, you guys want offense, so why not go there? And then, as far as West Coast, um, they were looking at Milwaukee as a Midwest hub. I would honestly, I'd probably go with those two cities because Milwaukee you didn't really hear much about. You know, high numbers or anything like that out there. And it's a nice ballpark, you know. Um, but I, I definitely do think baseball needs to go to a hub style playoff if they want to make it through the playoffs without any instances that may, you know, prolong the playoffs a little bit. Because they can't have a repeat of the Marlins Philly series and then have them um, postponed for a week. You're already going into October, I believe it is. I think September 26th is the last regular season game. You're going to probably play two, three more weeks until the World Series. So you postpone a week or two, now you're going back into November. And on top of that, going into November, Baltimore could be looking at snow. Philadelphia could be looking at snow. New York definitely could be looking at snow. You know, you got to take the weather into into consideration. So nothing is definitely set yet. But I I think the right thing for baseball to do, they, they screwed it up in the beginning of the season here without by not going to a bubble. This is their chance to salvage, I should say, some face of the situation by going to a bubble city. Now, obviously, before we get into the whole college football um, conferences, 
which ones are canceling, postponing, still going on. It came out that there's going to be a spring league starting, well, training camp basically, starting in October. Which, when I read it, and I'll, I'll go into some of the numbers here, but when I read it, I'm thinking, oh man, what about the XFL? Like, just last week, I just said, you know, it'd be perfect for them to come back because of, you know, college players skipping out and everything. But it's going to be made up of a six-team football tournament in Las Vegas in October. And they're going to use a bubble concept. That's pretty much why they're going to just stay in Las Vegas. It's mostly going to be made up of players from the NFL that got released. And will include 20 to 30 college players from the Power 5 schools that either opted out of playing this year or had their season canceled. They're figuring that would be about a total of about 228 players, 38 per team, will be uh, housed in one hotel in Vegas, kind of like what NBA is doing with, with Disney, and all play at the same facility. As far as game day... And this, I think, NFL should look into doing as well to help themselves out as far as the COVID goes. Um, during the games, the league will ban huddles, so no more huddles for the spring league here, and will limit each team to 19 players on the sideline with the other 19 players in the back of the end zone ready to be called upon you know, when needed, as well as coaches back there too um, I think that, honestly that's that's a really good idea you know definitely that the huddle thing I think is a good idea um, almost make every play like a hurry up offense type deal it's gonna be a lot of a lot of signals they're gonna have to incorporate but how how's this gonna affect the XFL in my opinion, I think I, I don't think it's going to hurt it now. You know, when I first saw the spring league, you know, obviously you think spring, you think next year, March, April, May, something like that. But if they're having this in October, don't think it's going to affect them too much. Which I don't have in my notes. Speaking of the XFL, I did see it as that truck was by again. God, I got it soundproofed up here. Um, I did see Fox. The TV station is interested in trying to strike a TV deal with the XFL to air the football games. Again, I said it last week, that's big. They could get XFL. If the XFL could get Fox and CBS or NBC to help air the games, that is big for them. That will help them stay alive this time. You know, so. But getting back to the Spring League. Basically, it's going to be going up against the, uh, the NFL. I don't even think anybody's really going to notice it's on. But it will be good for the NFL players that didn't have a chance to get some film on themselves. Obviously, with training camp, with the preseason games being canceled, there's going to be a lot of undrafted rookies that are going to get cut because they just couldn't get into the starting lineup. Whereas if they had some preseason games 
you know, third, fourth quarter of each game, they get some some playing time. So, as far as the undrafted, you know, like I said, I, I don't see it being big on TV, but it will help big, I believe, for the players that didn't have a chance to really show what they have. And if, unfortunately, some players from the NFL get tested positive for COVID, these players in the spring league have some fil- you know, film on themselves. They could go to the head coach, GM, whatever, and say, here you go. Here's, here's what I could have done for you if we had preseason games. And maybe they could get signed. So now for the, the big elephant in the room story. College football. Been talking about it for quite some time now, for a few months now. I've been saying for the longest time, I don't think there's going to be college football. And it's still up in the air. Now, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both voted to cancel their fall sports and possibly have spring football. Whereas SEC, Flowell said, we're we're playing. You know, we're, we're not backing out. ACC are supposed to be discussing options tonight as as I'm recording. Big 12 has no decisions to this point, but they're supposed to meet um, last night. Actually, I I think I did see something about Big 12. Before I go, I'll check that. I think Big 12 might have canceled theirs. But as I'm looking that up, though, um, with these teams canceling or not canceling, honestly, I think it's time for the NCAA to step in and say, you know what, maybe it's best for everyone to just postpone the season. Because here's my big question that I have. Oh, no. Big 12 to move forward with plans for fall football season. Okay. Um, but even, even with them moving forward with the season, here's my question is, okay, you got the Big 10 and you got the Pac-12 not playing this fall. How are you going to crown a national champion? Do you automatically kick those teams out of any chance and you can't let these other teams that say that they're going to play, let them play the season wait off on a national championship and then when these other teams decide to play their spring league figure out then, you can't do that That that's just idiotic and this is why I think the NCAA should step in and say either everybody plays or everybody doesn't play my feeling is NCAA is going to be the last people to speak up about this because they don't want to be the ones to say, hey, we have to cancel cancel the season. This way, if the conference is canceled, they can say, hey, we were okay with having the season. They're the ones that canceled on you guys. Honestly, I, I think that's what's going on with the, with the NCAA. And I feel bad for these kids too because... There may be a lot of seniors and juniors that are on the bubble of being a possible second or third day draft player. Right now, they may be not even on 
any team's boards before the season starts. And just like I just said about the undrafted rookies not having preseason games. In a way, these games are these players' preseason games for the draft. Yeah, they have some film on themselves their freshman, sophomore years. But we've seen plenty of times, how many times, a, a player be, yeah, okay, sophomore year, and then just totally blow up his junior year. Now, what I, I personally think there shouldn't, I, I think they should cancel the season. Not, not even postpone it till spring. I think they should cancel it because this, this virus thing, obviously it's no joke. And the more we interact with each other, the more it's going to stick, the longer it's going to stick around. And unfortunately with 120 colleges that are involved with the NCAA, you can't do a bubble city. There's going to be a lot of traveling going going around. Like even right now with Notre Dame, they joined the ACC schedule. They got um, they got Miami on their schedule, so they got to go down to Florida, which is one of the hot spots. They got Duke. They got you know possibly Brigham Young because I believe they lost one game because of the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten or Pac-12. One of them stepping out, so they have an open game. They were looking at Navy, but this will be the first year and. God knows how long since that they're not going to be playing each other. I think by this weekend, Sunday night, you're going to see NCAA step in and say, yeah, scenes is over, guys. And if that does happen, because, you know, we got Trevor Lawrence out there. we got a couple other players saying, please don't cancel our season. We'll sign waivers, this and that. It's not about... Who you know suing somebody anymore? It's about you getting the virus and dying. You know Trevor Lawrence. You know the big joke right now is Patriots are already tanking to to get Trevor. You have potential to be number one pick overall. Why not just you know chill, relax, you know work out. You're going to get paid next year. You know, so definitely think by Sunday or so, um, you're going to hear something about uh, the season being canceled. So before we go, we have one little last bit of piece of news, and that is hockey playoffs, the official playoffs. Last week was like the pre-playoffs. But this is real playoffs starting yesterday. Like I said, I know I should have did my picks last last week, but so I'm gonna run, run down the the pairings here, give my opinions on some of them, and give my picks. Obviously, it's Wednesday tonight. Philadelphia starts their playoffs against the Montreal Can- uh, Canadiens. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a easy run for the Flyers. I think the Canadians are going to give them a little bit of issues. But they're the Flyers are just so hot right now. They're too hot. 
I mean, everybody was scared that those, having those months off may have cooled them down. And not once during the Round Robin series did they ever not lead. They led every game. They played well. And even Brian Elliott, even though he played only one game, he played he played well. Carter Hart, he was lights out. Now, my, th- my question about him is now that the playoffs, the real playoffs are starting, is he going to be able to keep up that that same style, that same type of play? Flyers going up against a very good goalie in Carey Price, but could be streaky at times. Hopefully, if we get one or two quick goals up on him, we kind of break his spirits in a way and we go away with it. And... The other thing that I took away from the round robin with the Flyers too was that first line's got to get going. You know, Claude Giroux didn't have any points. Sean Couturier, I think he only had two. But Hayes, um, Kevin Hayes really helped put uh, put some points up there. Scotty Lawton was outstanding. So if we could get that front line going and have that Hayes and Lawton line keep up it's going to be tough to beat us so I'm still going with the Flyers after that uh, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Blue Jackets now last night's game I touched on a little bit in the beginning of the, the episode here Tampa Bay won last night after going through a five overtime game I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I hope I hope they have today off. I hope they have tomorrow off. They, after that, they basically played two and a half games. I mean, geez. But as far as the series goes, I like Tampa Bay. I, I think they're going to pull us out. Um, I just think they have too much offense. And their goaltender is just... Top notch. He's the best in the league for now till Carter Hart comes and takes it over. <laughs> but yeah, definitely going to go Tampa Bay that series. Then we have Washington Capitals versus New York Islanders. Interesting matchup here. Washington has the offense, but New York Islanders head coach is Barry Trotz, former head coach of the Washington Capitals. So he knows some of the weaknesses, some of the strengths of those players. As far as the series, I'm going with the Islanders at, with the upset. Um, I, I think having Barry Trotz back there with playoff experience, championship experience, and then on top of that, knowing the strengths and weaknesses of those players is going to come into effect. Then we have the Boston Bruins versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Boston did not look good at all. I don't care what Marshan said, saying it's Oh, the round robin wasn't really a playoff. It was just a tune-up game. No. Because now you may have just screwed yourself because you went from playing the Montreal Canadiens to playing the Carolina Hurricanes. That's a big difference in seeding. But even with that being said, I'm going with the Bruins. You got to go with the Bruins. I think they finally get it clicking. And I think they finally um, start putting some points up on that board too. 
So going with the Bruins with that series. Then we have Vegas Golden Knights versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Again, Vegas is up one nothing after winning yesterday four to one. Honestly, I think Vegas is going to just win this in four games because overall they're just too too good for Chicago. Um, Chicago's older. Vegas is still hungry. You know, so I, I'm going with Vegas for that series. Then we have the Avalanche versus the Coyotes. Just like the Flyers, Colorado is hot right now. But Arizona is averaging three and a half goals since the qualifying round started. Um, this could be a very good series. Could be a close series. This could be like a game, you know, seven or whatever, you know, like a late game series. Um, gonna go with the Colorado though. I'm gonna go with the, the Avalanche with this one. Then we have Dallas versus Calgary. Uh, if Dallas could keep these games close, I believe they'll pull out them. If they get away, it's kind of like they just kind of... not. I don't want to say give up because these players don't really give up, but it's hard for them to get back into the game. Now, even though I just said if they keep it close, they could win. They are down one nothing to Calgary after losing yesterday 3-2. to Um... I think more more times than not, if Dallas keeps it close, they could pull the series off. But they're Dallas. I never vote for any Dallas sports team. So Calgary it is. Then for the last team, we have the St. Louis Blues versus the Van, uh, Vancouver Canucks. Um, the Blues, who won the Cup last year, I hope they don't have the same thinking that Marshan from Boston has because they went 0-2-1 in round robin. They should win this just because they're they're a good team. And Vancouver's a young team, inexperienced. So I'm I'm going St. Louis with this this series. There's UFC fights this week. I know I said I was gonna li- live tweet last week. Stuff came up again. Um trying to get all that stuff out of my Saturday so um so I can live tweet with you guys and interact with you but Daniel Cromier versus DFA this weekend maybe I'll try to do a a quick live show before the fights come on so make sure you head over to Twitter because that's where I'll post, post it ST Sports Podcast um like and share our Facebook page subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you head over to staytunesports.net for all those social media links and the merch sites over there. And if you want to be on the show, contact me over there. So until next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.